The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink. The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. The average radio listener listens for 18 minutes. <laughs> the average Rick band listens for, are you ready for this? Okay. An hour and 20 minutes. How can that be? Answer most commonly given. I want to see what he'll say next. Rick Mudd on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Wow. Where is the time going? It is Tuesday the 19th. This is Locked and Loaded Time. I'm Rick Munn. We are TNT Radio. Live beaming at you from the Gold Coast in Australia, mate. In Australia. But you're welcome to tune in from wherever you happen to be situated at this point in time. We won't hit on you because you're not an Aussie. And in fact, most of the people listening right now are probably from the UK, Ireland and Europe. Although we do have the evening brigade of the Aussies listening in. So a big salute to all of you out there. Uh, I am going to be joined in about 10 minutes time by the one and only Karen Hunt, who's an absolute star. She gets up at like three o'clock in the morning to come on here and talk to me. And I can't get my head around that one. She's super dedicated. She's a brilliant writer, a brilliant orator, and she knows what time it is. So hopefully she's going to be joining me in 10 minutes time between now and then. I just need to make you aware that, of course, we have website uh, where you can access all of our services, advertise any events that you may be planning, and also scan for any events that may be happening in your area. We also try and bring you all the most relevant, up-to-date and breaking news stories that we can we do like to hear from you people also, so please feel free to send me a, an email if you want to, uh, rickmon at tntradio.live, or, of course, leave a message in the live chat. And I do my best. I'm not always faithful. I'm not always able to keep an eye on that live chat because I'm looking at this and I'm looking at that, and I'm not a great multitasker, if the truth be told, but I do try and keep an eye on things there. So please leave your thoughts, ideas, comments, and opinions, and we shall try and pick up on them, or I shall as best I can. So please stay tuned for more incoming here on TNT Radio. Abroad or at home, this is your news. By staying silent, we are part of the problem. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, Wales, Wales in the UK. Uh, James Freeman, who has a show on after me, actually, the Freeman Report, he is a Welshman, so he knows all about what's happening in Wales. Wales is starting to take uh, centre stage in the UK for a lot of very dodgy uh, things that are being introduced there, one of which in particular is the new 20 miles per hour national speed limit. Now, we talked about this last week here on TNT, how it's going to be very difficult, literally, uh, to concentrate on the road and concentrate on keeping your speed below 20 miles per hour. I understand that Ireland, of course, of course, Ireland are also looking at implementing this within uh, Ireland also. Let's hope they don't do it. But uh, there's a big kickback against what's happening in Wales at the moment. And just a little uh, teaser for you. I have a chap coming on next Tuesday. A uh, fellow that I know very well, his name is Wes Morris, and he's going to be joining me with a friend of his who are setting up an action group in Wales. I don't know what exactly they're plotting and scheming there, but they're going to be talking to me next week about the state of play in Wales in particular. So stay tuned for them. But uh, 100,000 people have now signed a petition to ask Welsh politicians to debate the 20 miles per hour speed limit again in the Senate. Uh, granted, there are a few people, uh, there are also people outside of Wales who have signed this. Even so, it's a huge challenge to Welsh Labour and its leader. So there's at least uh, 100,000 people who are very much against what Mark Drakeford is planning on bringing in uh, to Wales. So that's... Um, constantly ongoing hopefully they will debate it but you know what it's like petitions debates in parliament do they work do they not well they've got to be doing something i suppose so if it's going to be something it might as well be that uh skipping across over to uh, america uh, a tnt regular dr kat lindley has put a message up yesterday to say as per the new cdc director uh, they have made, they claim they have made mistakes. It will take time to rebuild the trust. Uh, Kat thinks, I don't think this woman has a clue how bad things are. There's absolutely no trust left in the American medical profession. And Kat speaks as a very uh, decent uh, doctor herself. Uh, this lady, new CDC director called Mandy Cohen, uh, has called for efforts to undercut vaccine uptake 
unfounded and frankly ridiculous. And then she goes on to say that uh, she's traveling the country, meeting with state leaders and using social media to win back the people's trust. I don't really think social media is the place to win trust in this world. If you really want to win trust, you need to be on the ground. You need to be out there looking at people face to face. And people could say, well, Rick, that's what she is doing. She is traveling the country. But listen, uh, if you've heard this woman speak, uh, she doesn't exactly instill confidence. Uh, she's just another bought and paid for uh, globalist shill, of course, carrying on from Rochelle Walensky, I believe, was the last CDC director. Now we have Mandy Cohen in there just simply picking up the mantle and carrying it on down the road or taking the button in the relay race, the globalist relay race. So trust is destroyed. Rightly so, and I think it's going to take more than Mandy Cohen doing a little tour around certain states and cities in America, talking to people and putting posts on X before uh, confidence gets restored into people when it comes to that business. Uh, Leo Varadkar, uh, the Ireland Taoiseach, or the chief uh, head honcho in Ireland, uh, put a message up to say on Ireland's behalf, He's talking on behalf of the people of Ireland, which he's actually not, because a lot of people detest this man and can't stand what he stands for. He says, on Ireland's behalf, I am proud to reaffirm our unwavering commitment to the 2030 Agenda, which is the United Nations Agenda 2030, and to the achievement of sustainable development goals. We will play our part in ensuring that the world's poorest and most vulnerable are not forgotten and are not left behind. So this man is standing, I'm looking at a picture of him here, and he's flanked by two huge posters uh, with SDG on each one, Sustainable Development Goals. And then this, this symbol that I think you're going to see an awful lot more of in the coming weeks, months, and years ahead, this uh, circle with multiple colors on it. If you ever can remember the game Trivial Pursuit, there was a little pie thing in the middle and you got little pieces of slices of pie and it looked like pie to me anyway. Maybe it's because I'm hungry right now, but they were multicolored and they sat in this thing and they made a circle. That's almost like this sustainable development goal emblem. You're starting to see these politicians wearing it as a lapel badge. Uh, I'm starting to see it more as huge symbolism behind the like of Gates or von der Leyen when they're actually talking. And now we have Leo Varadkar, uh, the Taoiseach of Ireland, is now flanked by these banners as he goes on to talk about how uh, the poor and the homeless of the world will not be left behind as far as Ireland's concerned, even though he is currently neglecting the homeless people of Ireland. There's at least 12,000 people in Ireland, Irish people with no homes. The health service is in a state. The borders are open. Infrastructures aren't there. People are struggling. Businesses are failing. And yet he's talking about directing his attention towards the poor of the rest of the world when he can't even take care of the business that's going on in his own house at this point in time. So that's um, Leo Varadkar. And lastly but by no means least, uh, personal interest payments in the United States uh, of America hit a record $506 billion in July alone. Personal interest payments. So during the first seven months of 2023, Americans paid a total of $3.3 trillion in personal interest. That is up 80% since 2021 and almost above the entire 2022 total. And the worst part about this, these numbers do not include interest on mortgage payments. This is just personal debt, unsecured loans, car loans, credit card loans, overdrafts, it's not including mortgage payments. Americans are drowning in interest. And we talked earlier about the cork, the champagne bottle, you shake it up, the pressure builds, the, the thing pops. And when it does, Everything gets sprayed. Well, the same thing's going to happen, sadly, on a financial basis, I believe, right across the world. There is no getting away from this, and it's not doom-mongering. The mathematics just do not add up. And uh, the only way to stop the Ponzi scheme from happening is to stop the scheme. And that's what's basically happening with fiat money at this uh, point in time. So that's what I'm seeing as I cast my eye around the globe, as it were, this morning, or the flat earth, depending on what your beliefs are. Uh, you know what I'm getting at here. So 
Yeah, it's all good. Uh, Harry May in the chat says the Rainbow Circle is everywhere in Japan. Yep, you're going to see a lot more of that, Harry, uh, right across the world. Uh, other people are commenting on uh, driving uh, at 20 miles per hour. Chuck, Chuck says it's uh, easy to drive at 20. If you find it impossible, you shouldn't be driving, Chuck. I love you the bits. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's impossible. I'm not saying it's not physically possible to do it. I'm just saying it's distracting to drive at 20 miles per hour because if you're constantly monitoring that speedo for one mile an hour over in case you get ticketed or whatnot, you're not concentrating on the road. But point taken, and for what it's worth, I've turned into a very sensible driver as I've gotten older. Uh, I'm not a boy racer anymore. And I toodle along at very sensible speeds at the moment. But the odd time I feel a bit naughty and I open her up, uh, get up to the lights with a young boy racer. I have to put him in his place sometimes. But by and large, I uh, toodle along at sensible speeds. But I'm sorry, my friend, Jock, but 20 MPH and Rickman just will not be going together anytime soon. So... Make of that one what you will. But thank you for your comments. As always in the chat, please stay tuned. Karen Hunt is incoming like an Exocet missile here to TNT. You should hear what George Eliasson is talking about. The story was lifted from articles I did two years ago. Now, on a personal level, it does bother me, but there are very, very far-ranging implications from what she did because of the eyes and ears that this can get into and the damage it can do because she doesn't even understand the story. The story is about the Ukrainian Azov contingent at the 2021 Washington Capitol riot. Now, she identified uh, a Ukrainian named Sergei Dubunyan, and she did this through an interview with Jacob Chansley. Um, you may know Chansley as the capital shaman walking around with the big bullhorn hat, but when she identifies Dubunyan, the Ukrainian, and she calls him a spy, what was he going to spy on? Um, you know, in general, everywhere that people went, during that that time frame was where you could go as a tourist to begin with other than you know the offices obviously war of the worlds with george eliason on today's news talk tnt radio wake up and text text and eat Mm-mm. text and catch the bus text and miss your stop wait 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 wait, wait, wait. text and be late to work sorry i'm late Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger, put it in the glove box, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Be on the lookout and alert for anything out of the ordinary. Locked and loaded with Rick Munn on today's News Talk. Thank you for your cooperation. TNT Radio. <laughs> That's Karen jumping the gun there. Listen, this is great because we're we're on a slightly different system at the minute. And one thing that I can now do that I couldn't do before is I can actually talk to my guests before they actually come in. Or I couldn't do that until about a month ago. So now, and it's the same whenever we'll have breaks, we just don't shut up. It's bah, 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 bah. so if there's a little bit of overspill past the sweepers, rest the shirt. We're talking shop. It's all good. It is all good. And you know me, and I haven't even had a coffee this morning i haven't been caffeinated so can you imagine what i'd be like with a few espressos down my neck karen anyway uh just to introduce you <laughs> lest i forget i'm joined at the very unholy hour of about what 3 15 a.m uh, arizona time uh, by the one and only karen hunt aka kh mezek if you use the x slash twitter platform you can find her at Karen, K-A-R-E-N, Elaine, A-L-I-N-E, Hunt on there. Or more importantly, I would say I would direct you to her wonderful Substack page, which is khmezek, M-E-Z-E-K.substack.com, where she writes, uh, publishes her lengthy 
in-depth, well-researched essays, and you get the added bonus of her narrating them in her lovely voice as well. If you don't want to uh, read them, you can listen to them as you walk around. So I encourage you to support her on there. Go and subscribe to her her Substack page. Oh, Karen, welcome. Yeah. How you I doing? just want to say I'm good. I, I just want to say I've been told that I talk about the most terrifying things in the most melodious voice. You do. <laughs> it's you do. very, and so it's kind of an interesting contrast. <laughs> very easy voice to listen to talking about horrifying things. Talking about all hell breaking loose in the end exactly. of days. Yes, indeed. So if you want to, if you want the reality check, but you don't want to be unsettled too much, I would encourage you to listen to listen the Karen's essays rather than even write them out. But listen, you've been writing furiously. We've been broadcasting furiously. There's an awful lot happening at the minute. Want to touch maybe later on on some of the pieces that you've come up with recently, especially to do with truth and especially to do with censorship. But I want to, as an American and as someone that, you know, spends their time between LA and uh, Arizona, if I'm not mistaken, you know, you've got a good uh, finger on the pulse of what's happening at grassroots level in America. I want to throw some things at you and get your American response to them, because obviously I can only go by what I read rather than I prefer to talk to people who are actually living it on the ground if possible. So one of the things that we looked at just before you came on was debt levels in America. And if uh, the reports are to be believed, let me just bring these figures up here for you. Uh, national debt in America is uh, going crazy. Personal levels of personal debt, okay? Levels of personal debt, not including mortgage debt. So uh, personal interest payments in the US hit a record $506 billion in July alone this year. Uh, during the first seven months of 2023, Americans paid over $3 trillion in personal interest. This is up 80% since 2021, has already eclipsed the 2022 total or is about two. And the worst part is these numbers do not include interest on mortgages. So this is just unsecured debt, credit card debt, loan debt, car debt, overdraft payments, call it whatever you like, not including mortgage payments. Americas are drowning in interest payments. How long can this go on for really before they hit America effectively hits the credit limit because even if you're of a credit card debt and you're an addict and you have lots of credit cards and you keep getting your credit extended, eventually, Karen, eventually someone says, enough, no more, no more for you. When's that going to happen, do you think, with the, the US of A or the world at large? Yeah, I think this is a very frightening thing that and and it's, you know, how people feel when they're under debt. They it's like this huge big weight on their heads and they can't get rid of it and but they have to live their life as if nothing's wrong, you know? So they so everybody's walking around trying to pretend that everything's fine because nobody in, you know, nobody wants to admit what's actually happening. Um, but, but there's this sense that, that this house of cards is falling down. Um, I read recently that uh, middle, middle class people in the United States who earn 120,000, 150,000 a year cannot pay their bills. They're living, you know, they're, they're, they're subsidizing with their credit cards so yeah. the thing is is that this makes people extremely vulnerable and yeah if what happens when all of that debt gets gets called in um people are going to not be able to pay you know so 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 the whole country is sort of i think living on borrowed time and i don't know how much longer that would be but um certainly well you know it with the changing of the money to the digital currency and all of that um and no more sense of what money is actually worth. You know, young people don't know what money is worth anymore. Like money is, I mean, it was always kind of a nebulous thing, but now it's completely, they have no sense of what, of what it is. And so, you know, and, and another thing, I just um, imagine the, uh, the strangeness of buying, spending a thousand to $3,000 on a Taylor Swift ticket when you have no money to pay, when you're struggling to pay your food bills. So this is the kind of, of uh, 
you know, craziness that's going on, this excessiveness at the same time as, you know, get, being willing to get yourself into debt for a, for a one moment experience of euphoria, you know, and, um, and yeah, it will all come crashing down. Do you not find that, uh, but it, strangely, this is being perpetuated a lot by credit card companies who, for yes. example, I can remember years ago, uh, I had, you know, got, most people have a MasterCard or back then it was Amex or American Express or Visa. They all did credit cards and you open one up and they give you a small credit limit, maybe, you know, $1,000, whatever, just starting off. And then if you showed that you could manage that, you would have got a letter maybe periodically to say, okay, uh, Karen, uh, we just want to extend your credit limit to $1,500 because we can see you're a sensible, you're managing your money, you can be trusted. So we're going to give you better credit. So people were starting to get excess uh, increased credit limits. And Slowly but surely, uh, credit card companies were really racking those up to the point whereby you might have took out a card for an initial amount of uh, $1,000 with a credit limit, and then you ended up, uh, it could have been 10000 or 15000 and then you hit hard times, and then something mm -hmm. you'd, you'd have never done before or would have had the ability to do before, you dip into that reserve and you start racking up credit cards to say, well, I, I need to fix the car. I've blown out a tire. I haven't got the money. I'll stick it on the credit card and I'll pay it off next month or over the next three months. And then all of a sudden you start to accumulate debt. And then it gets to the point where the interest payments, the minimum payments you're making every month, more or less just services the interest. You're not actually clearing off the capital at all. And then you find people in this deep pit of despair and debt and financial uh, oblivion looming up there. Mm -hmm. Some people would say, well, it's your own fault. You should have managed your money. But it's like saying to an alcoholic, there's a bar full of beer. If you get drunk, it's on your own head. You know, the temptations there, and maybe you're not responsible enough, but they would have known that, but they still proceed and uh, uh, make credit available anyway. Should they not have to give an account for that, these uh, lenders who are lending irresponsibly? Absolutely. They should have to give an account for it. But are they going to give an account for it? Certain, no. Certainly not. Absolutely not. And I actually wrote a piece um, a couple of months ago called The Final Solution, Central Bank Digital Currency. And I go into, actually, I go into the whole history of credit and debt in that piece and how it, how it actually happened. And um, because, you know, it used to be, I mean, now young people are living in their parents' or their grandparents' houses, people who... Um, who paid with cash. We don't pay with cash. And in fact, you know, you can say as well, it's people's own fault. But actually, if you cannot show that you have a good credit score, meaning that you are actually in debt, you can't really, it's very, very hard to, to get a car, but to buy a car or to get anything. They don't want people having that type of independence. So in fact, people don't even buy cars anymore. You lend, you, you get lent a car, Lease, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. you're, you, you're leased a car. Um, you know, my daughter and her husband, very fortunate, you know, they bought a beautiful home, you know, mm -hmm. um, but and in, in a very nice neighborhood outside of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, and they were very surprised to find that almost every single per, uh, family on that street, well, the, the elderly people that live there own their homes, but the rest mm -hmm. of the people, they're actually renting those houses. Mm -hmm. And so people are being pushed out of their homes. Um, I wrote a piece recently on the, uh, not on the Maui fires, but on the, you know, the, the hur Hurricane Hillary mm -hmm. in California that, oh, it was so scary. Um, and the suggestion to people that they should sell their homes, you know, for the, that, and, and actually that the government should get a fund to buy people's homes, you know, for a good price for their own good so that they don't have to live in these scary type of areas. And then, of course, they'll put them into housing so that more and more and more is just taking away people's independence, basically. So, um, so yeah, and people are living month, month to month. They're not, they're not able to survive and they're looking to their, their big heroes on, you know, influencers or whoever who, who have a lot of money and they want to live like they do. And that's the American dream. You know, the American dream, what, what does success mean? It means having a lot of money. It means having two, two great big cars, a big house, living a lavish lifestyle. That's what success means. 
And it hasn't changed with the billionaires now. Now we have billionaires and that's our standard of success, a billionaire. Do you not find as well, just in terms of, you talked about the old folk, uh, the old hands back in the day would have transacted almost exclusively with cash. They would have got paid every month. They would have took $20 out for the electric, $20 mm-hmm. for the groceries, tw- pocket money for the kids. And then whatever was left would be saved. It wouldn't necessarily, oh, I've got some left over at the end of the month. I'm going to spend, I'm going to buy a new tea or a new TV. It would have been saved up in case of an emergency because back then there were no credit cards and there was no access to that type of credit. You had to go in if you wanted a loan and sit with a bank manager and it was like being interrogated. He went through every aspect of your finances before he would maybe grant even a loan to buy a car or to start a business. Nowadays, the credit's available on top. And the other thing is too, uh, I used to work in financial planning and one of the, the key things we would advise people to do is, okay, Karen, have at least six months worth of expenses right in case of an emergency, and then your savings on top of that. And then after that, then you can start looking at investments and whatnot. Nowadays, I would say uh, people's savings are pretty much at zero. They're relying on credit cards and any emergency fund that they do have would not equate to six months expenditure, maybe a month, maybe two months at best. And then after that, they're screwed. Uh, That's just the way that it's set up at the minute. And unfortunately, when the bubble does pop and you do have to draw down on whatever resources you have, they ain't going to last too long. No. And so that's where the basic um, income, you know, the government's going to offer people basic income and people will, it will be very, very, uh, you know, it will look really good to people. I I will get rid of all of your debt. We'll give you this basic income. You'll be able to live, you know, the, and the, the, the exchange is that we basically control your life and we control what you, what you spend your money on because you obviously aren't doing a very good job of it yourself. Have you ever gone, gone to the market and you're standing in a big long line and there's this little old lady at the front and she's paying in cash, you know, and she's pulling out her pennies and everybody's standing there because, you know, they want, they want to move through that line. They want to move through the line. And, you know, one of the, one of the coins falls down and rolls across the floor and everybody has to help her find it, you know, and, and, and then finally she, you know, she finds it, you know, she gets the exact, you know, and you think about, wow, that's how it used to be. You know, everybody's uh-huh. standing, but you were counting out your pennies and yep. you were, you know, giving it. And now in a, you know, in, in the market, in these whole food stores now, I think you have whole, do you have, you don't have whole foods in, do you have them we in do. Ireland? Okay. Do, so you yes. do. So, or Northern Ireland, I, I know you have them in the, yeah, I, I, I know you have them in England. I didn't know you had them there. So, so um, now they have this whole thing with, uh, do you, with, the reading your palm, you can attach your palm to, you know, Google, I mean, not Google, um, Amazon will take, take your happily take your palm print. And then you just hold your palm over this this thing that lights up and it reads it. And that's your how you pay, you know, is with your hand and so convenient. So they have them but but then I was was standing in one of those lines. And somebody's like, so, uh, so cool, they're gonna and the thing's not working. It's not working, you know, and um, and you see the frustrate like people the yeah. frustration with people, and there's also like there's there's so many different ways to pay too. Like now there's the palm thing, and then there's the then there's a the credit card thing, and there's it's oh. like and people are really like um, you feel this anxiety in people um, with you know even you know with the technology and all of that. So it's kind of interesting. And then there's the old lady. You know, so so I think what are they going to do? They're, they you know, there's they're going to some. They want to somehow bring this all together, encapsulate it all into one um, digital uh, uh, currency to make yeah. everybody do everything the same. Right now, there's all this competition from these different um, sources trying to be the one that will you know that will that will be the dominant one for that type of for that type of new payment. But I think that's what they are funneling towards is, is the UBI, the universal basic income. Mm-hmm. And of course, to get that down the line, you're going to have to make sure you're not at the center. You're not a, a troublemaker. You're not a naysayer, a missing disinformation peddler. Otherwise, of course, that could severely affect your ability to get paid, paid in inverted commas, which means you won't be able to survive. So we've got to take a real brief pause uh, if we can. And then when I come back, I want to look at Chicago Things are happening in Chicago. Strange things are happening in Chicago. So we'll look at Chicago when we come back. The Windy City uh, after this break. Don't go away. Now. I've got, I've got good news and, and bad news. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. 
The United States Senate has axed its dress code, allowing senators to wear whatever they like on the floor of Congress. The President of the Central African Republic has told French President Emmanuel Macron to stay out of his country's affairs. And Taiwan has warned Australia to be wary of a rapprochement with China, claiming Beijing could be trying to drive a wedge between Western countries. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, I'm really enjoying this all too brief conversation this morning uh, with Karen Hunt. She's beaming in from Arizona. Uh, We're talking about debt talking about the old days, the old hands, how they used to manage their money cash only. They were house owners. They didn't have credit card debt. They stand at the supermarket hooking through their purse, getting rid of their coins, hacking off the younger generation. But guess what? If there's a financial Armageddon, guess who's going to survive? Yes, it's granny. Granny with her purse, granny with her coins. You're not going to make it. Granny's going to make it. So instead of despising and shooing her along, you should be making notes. Video that old woman. Put that old woman up on social media and say, this is how we should be doing things instead of complaining about her holding you back and holding you back from what, by the way? What are you in such a rush to do? To get outside to check your emails? To get outside to text someone? No, there's nothing of consequence that we do that should make us shove an old woman to the side. But anyway, I don't know where I'm going with this one. Respect the elderly is preach it. Amen, sister. Amen. But let's move from old women to the windy city of uh, Chicago. Now, uh, two stories I have here that want to merge into one, if I can. I saw a video clip yesterday. Uh, Residents of Chicago are now begging local politicians to close the borders of Chicago to stop illegals coming there via Texas. And the quote was probably 96% of the neighborhood that's kicking off about the immigrants probably voted for Biden. And without getting all political about it, people want things, right? They cry about them, they want them. And then when they get them, when it comes home, when it comes to their doorstep, it's not Texas anymore, it's Chicago, because Texas didn't want these people. They're busing them out to New York and they're busing them out to Chicago. Now the problem lands in their doorstep. All of a sudden, they're not so keen on open borders and they're not so keen on mass immigration and they're not so keen on tear down the wall, are they? When it comes home, the chickens are coming home to roost in Chicago. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's true. I mean, what can you say? I think it's kind of, I mean, it's a lesson uh that you know people and it, and it is really very sad that that why humans can't learn these lessons without it hurting them personally you know i mean the world would be a much better place if we could learn lessons without being so selfish about it basically you know well, it's hurting me it's it, you know they're coming into my neighborhood or what what have you and i mean it's not you know it, and it's I mean, it's it's a very dangerous thing because they the, the government created this problem. So they created this problem, and what it does is it all that it does is foment out of foment more hatred, more division, you know, between every type of class of person that you could that you could think of. And it really doesn't matter what the disaster is. You know, first it was you know Black Lives Matter. We're going to fight. You know, the blacks. You know, they used the the black um the, the black neighborhoods the black people mm-hmm. to um to get across you know to create chaos and, and in their own neighborhoods they created chaos in their own neighborhoods and now they're just going to turn on immigrants and they're not immigrants they're people that have come across the border illegally these are illegal these are people who came across the border illegally there's another thing they've been putting where have they been putting these people previously up until this point now suddenly they're they're creating they're 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 creating a, another problem another escalation another point of where people can point fingers of hatred whereas previously for the past 2 years they've been quietly bringing people into the country and dispersing them throughout the country during that time. So we can't forget about that. That was going on now. So now why were there was no problem before? Where were those people going? 
we don't even know. They would get on planes and, and quietly take them different places in the country. Now, suddenly, they they made it open. So I think we always need to think, why is that happening? Because I don't think that the media does things for no reason. I don't think they're trying to do it to, you know, they, they focus on a problem and then they create, a, you know, they create more chaos and more hatred with that problem. So all that's going to happen is, you know, it will backfire you know, maybe they'll close the borders again, um, but it doesn't really matter because what they've done is they've 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 already brought in. I we don't even know how many people they've already they've already brought in. You know, so they'll make it appear that they're going to now fix the problem. So this is what what it, it, it you know it, this is what always happens: back and forth, back and forth, just creating more points of hatred and division between people. And you not find also uh, one thing that I well we've been covering a lot over the last few weeks and last few months really on TNT during these morning sessions is the policy that seems to be in place now with regards to looting and shoplifting. So there's a nine hundred and fifty dollar limit I think whereby if you if you mm-hmm. steal goods to the value of nine fifty or less that you you probably won't get prosecuted and if you do you'll be charged with a misdemeanor and, and store attendants are told do not try and stop shoplifters for leaving just let them loot now the problem with that is that's another way to destroy uh commerce and destroy infrastructure because mm-hmm. let's face it if you get robbed say you're a jeweler you should be insured so the insurance will cover your losses. Or it's the same with a bank. If a bank gets robbed, they're insured. The money's covered under insurance and whatnot. But the problem is no insurance companies are going to be offering insurance anymore. For example, insurance in, in Ireland's based on your postcode. So they base it on right. my, my zip zip code, zip code in America. So if you have a bad zip code that's very high in crime, car theft, uh, house insurance claims, you will pay more insurance. And some zip codes or postcodes are blacklisted where it's almost impossible to get insurance because of the amount of claims that are being made. Now, is that not going to filter down to businesses whereby their commercial insurance will no longer cover them for looting because literally they could the insurance companies will go bust if they're paying for the cost of goods that have been lost mm-hmm. due to unprosecuted shoplifters. So if insurance is pulled and the stores aren't getting recompensed, then they're losing money every single day. And any business that is is not in business to lose money daily, so the shutters are going to come down. Is that not going to be what you'll find in America? With It's not going to necessarily be the economies that's destroyed a particular store. It's they're in the wrong area, and they're being killed by government policy that won't prosecute looters or shoplifters. That's government destruction, not uh, yeah. financial destruction. It, it's always been that way. And you can say, I mean, I, you know, I started a creative writing program for incarcerated youth in the, mm-hmm. in the 1990s. And I saw, you know, it's, tr- it's true that certain neighborhoods have always been targeted. Certain groups of mm-hmm. people have always been targeted. And, and you can't say to somebody, well, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, first yeah. of all, because, you know, not every, I mean, it's the unusual person who can do that. It's not the ordinary person who's able, who's able to do that. So, and again, small businesses affected by it. Um, but but again, it's it's also to encourage people to stop even going into stores and buying things. You know, you, to stay isolated, to not convene in public places. You know, to it, it's another kind of a form of lockdown, but it's not as obvious. You know, because um, because people. Uh, you know the stores small businesses won't be able to survive i know again i know why so particularly whole foods but in in uh, the biggest most luxurious whole foods in san francisco they weren't open very long and they and they closed because of so much crime so it's not in fact it's not only small businesses but all that happens is you know it's great for amazon i mean how how huge did amazon become um, oh, you know, since, since the pandemic. Seeing. So, Seeing. yeah. So, so uh, yeah. There's another little thing I wanted to bring up with you to do with Chicago. So we talked about the, the residents are now begging the borders of Chicago to be closed because of the influx of people coming via Texas. Uh, there's another issue to do with Chicago here. They're talking about owning our Run, running state-run grocery stores in Chicago. So we're talking about chains falling and businesses failing because of looting, etc. cetera. Uh, there's an article here in a, in a, in a publication called ZeroHedge.com. Do, do you write for them, don't you? <laughs> 
Yeah, they well sometimes they take my articles and publish them. Uh, yeah, on yeah, my essays. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, well, there you go, and there, that's an endorsement for you. If ever yeah, you I like one. I like Zero Hedge. I read them all the time, you know, as my research. They're, they're good, they're good obviously. They take my stuff. <laughs> well, that's it. You know, you know, I was going to say that, but you beat me to it. So, yeah, that's actually a, a hint for any of you people out there. ZeroHedge.com. It's a really good uh, mm -hmm. place for well-researched articles, uh, some of which uh, are, are, are Karen's very own. But this one was not written by you. Uh, this one was talking about Chicago. This guy was born and raised in Chicago. But rising taxes and crime have led many people to leave Chicago, especially businesses. This includes grocery chains, Walmart, Walgreens, Aldi are just some of the companies that are, that are closing their stores. So one of the solutions that is being proposed by uh, the people running Chicago is rather than address the underlying conditions, they're suggesting a solution that has historically failed, government-run stores. Okay, so indeed the failure oh, in dealing with... Yeah, the feeling, the, the, the feeling in dealing with crime and hostile business environments has allowed social activists to realize a new major socialist agenda item. So could we actually see, are we seeing the table being cleared and the table being swept to make way for the solution to the problem, problem, reaction, solution here, the solution being government run, government controlled food outlets that, of course, uh, could be selective down the line as to who they actually serve. What do you think about that? Pretty scary stuff. Yeah. I mean, the government is Papa, you know, <laughs> big, big Papa government, mm -hmm. you know, going to take over your life, going to uh, just take care of you. And but all of this is leading together, you know, with everybody being uh, in such huge debt, people not being able to afford uh, to buy basic things, however they are spending lavishly on things that they don't need. So everything's upside down because they want some sort of gratification in their lives. Uh, and we've been taught that we must have, you know, we've been conditioned in our society to have instant gra gratification. So if the government will come in and fix all your problems, I think people will, you know, people will probably, most people will jump on that and want to be able to do it. And one of the things that's interesting to me is that, you know, in this most recent piece that I wrote, um, where, where I was getting, you know, I've been censored and things like that. And people give me a lot of advice about how to over, overcome that, you know, well, um, uh, you know, get a certain type of, of computer, get a certain type of software, you know, make yourself um, anonymous so that people can't see you. But that's that actually goes against the whole point of what we're trying to do with free speech. That's kind of a way that we're giving in to, we are also giving in if we don't come out boldly you know, in, in the forefront of this and, and speak out against the, against these things. So, um, so, so because eventually you can say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to escape all of this. How are you going to escape all of that? If you can't buy food, how are you going to escape all of that? If you can't drive, if, if you cannot travel, how are you, you know, you can, I mean, I mean, the people aren't, aren't realizing the direness of what's actually happening. They're kind of still asleep and thinking that, well, I'm going to find ways to circumvent this. I'm going to find ways around this if I'm smart enough. But all that they're actually doing is 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 also complying and putting themselves in these prisons by saying, well, if I'm more silent, if I just pick the words that I say or more carefully, things like that, then I can sort of get around this. But I, th I think that's not the way that we're going to fight. We're, we'll be able to fight this battle, you know, to speak out boldly no. as we're doing here. And we'll have to continue to do so for as long as we can, because exactly. listen, you don't know what a day may bring forth. So we're trying to maximize. That's even even these shows that we try and do together. You and I, we're trying to maximize the content we put into them, given the time that we have to try and cover as many bases as possible. There's one last quote, and this is disturbing. Although it sounds wonderful, but it's disturbing. This is coming from the mayor of Chicago, just to put this one to bed here. Listen to this. Listen to what he says and listen to the rhetoric. Uh, all Chicagoans... Chicago residents deserve 
to live near convenient, affordable, healthy grocery options. Well, that sounds all right. What's the problem with that? People may wonder. Uh, We know access to grocery stores is already a challenge for many residents, especially in the south and west sides. Now, listen to this. Listen to how the, the, the tone changes. A better, stronger, safer future is one where our youth and communities have access to tools to thrive and then he said he says at the end my administration my administration is committed to advancing innovative whole of government approaches to address mm. these inequities so he wants the best for the people of chicago but his administration are going to use innovative whole of government approaches to solve the problems. I don't know about you, but that creeps me out and I don't live anywhere near Chicago. I'm worried about that one and I live in Ireland. Hell's bells. What must it be like for the residents (laughs) of Chicago to hear something like that? Well, I'm just glad I don't live there, but it's not any different than any other city in the United States, I don't think. I mean, even cities that, you know, big, there's more and more government involvement. And as people become more desperate, uh, they're going to, uh, you know, they're they're accepting that involvement in their lives. I mean, there are some things. There, there's some hope in California, for example. There's a little thing where, you know, they had this um, misinformation act that was that mm-hmm. they were going to put on, um, you know, to to punish doctors if they said anything against. Um, against uh, the, 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 the government health protocol, and apparently they're quietly getting rid of that now. But you know, because. Now it you know it's so funny because now they're trying to appear that they're that that they're giving us more freedom you know leading up to the next the next election, and of course perhaps Gavin Newsom wants to run for president you know because how can they really have Biden in the I mean I just it's so hard to believe that that doddering old fool. Yeah. could actually, you know, that, that that he could run again. I mean, that's a whole could, other topic. Can't, but Can he? Can't. Can he really? <laughs> I mean, when you look at the, the alternative, well, his second in command is such as Kamala Harris, who's getting yeah. <laughs> more bizarre by the day. I, 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 Listen, I don't know, but she seems to me she's she's got a, a, a substance abuse problem. Possibly she appears drunk sometimes. I know she's a little <laughs> bit crazy on it and she cackles and laughs and whatnot. But genuinely, Karen, sometimes when I look at her, on live TV or on an interview, it, it appears that she's uh, she's tipsy at the very, very least, if not drunk. I don't know, but I'm just saying. And then you have the like a John Fetterman as well. Are they not setting up? Are they not setting up? And, and, and look at uh, who's that guy, Mitch McConnell, that guy who keeps freezing. And then you've oh got Nancy, Nancy Pelosi still there as well. Is this not too... Uh, how would you say to really take the legs out from under whatever reputation America has left as a world superpower to say, well, look at who's running. Mm. And we know that they're not the people technically running the country, but they're the figureheads of authority in America. Harris, Biden, Fetterman, uh, McConnell, Pelosi, whoever else it happens to be. Surely that's part of the, how would you say, the the, the operation to uh, weaken America. Yeah, and it's kind of a, a reflection. It it's a reflection of the country, you know, this this country that's just uh, falling apart, and also, you know, the zombified, zombified mm-hmm. people. Um, so yeah, it's very, very. It's it's humiliating. It's scary. Um, I had some interesting responses to my last piece. You know, my my last piece um, about you know, free speech and all that mm-hmm. and censorship was actually published in Off Guardian, uh, which they also often publish my work. And the, some of the responses were, I'm writing a follow-up piece to that because some of the responses were so interesting. I usually don't, I, I never respond to response, you know, people, the comments, but I really want to this time because they're exactly the same as what I would get on the left. It really just a lot of like pushing to say um, that, um, you know, you should uh, basically pushing for more censorship pushing for more like like shame on you for standing up shame on you for speaking out in the way that you're that you're speaking out so it's kind of interesting how, how that's working out uh that that's another uh good outlet by the way uh of guardian so if anyone out there is digging around for decent sources of information or well-written pieces zero hedge is one off guardian is another one and of course 
uh, Ian Davis. Um, do you know Ian Davis? Uh, I'm, I'm talking to him tomorrow. He writes for a no. UK column as well. He's a great, great mm-hmm. guy, uh, Ian Davis. And there's another guy here, by the way. Hang on. Let me plug this book. This guy sent to Joe Allen. Don't know if you know Joe Allen or not, but he's just published an absolutely mm-hmm. epic book here called Dark Eon, uh, mm-hmm. Transhumanism and the War Against Humanity. You being a writer, nice. this is an absolute tome an absolute tome and joe's a great writer so there's a a tip for you maybe if you want to pick up some reading material uh dark eon transhumanism and the war against humanity by uh joanne but i don't know that we'll get talking about this we've only got a few minutes left but maui we touched on it briefly earlier you brought it up i'd actually forgotten about it there's so much happening in the world (laughs) at the minute literally it's a huge story last week and then all of a sudden we're talking about something this week is that not a super sinister setup it reminded me a little bit about the East Palestine business in Ohio earlier at the start of this year. There was a terrible chemical uh, thing. The the ground was polluted. The water was polluted. But it seemed to be they were brushed under the carpet by the American administration. And the whole is the same thing not happening in Maui. And could we expect to see more of the same with disasters going into 2023, 2024? Very briefly, yay or nay? Well, there's these types of disasters all over the world. I mean, horrific. You know, there's been um, floods in, where was it, in uh, Libya? Libya. And, Uh yeah, but of course, that those things don't matter. You know, thousands of people die in earthquakes all over the world all the time. But of course, when it happens in the United States, it's like, oh my, oh no, how could this ever happen to us here? But I have a friend who lives in Maui. Her parents, she's here in Phoenix, but her parents live there. She's lived there all her life. And one of the things about the fires is that they're happening because we don't take care of the land. Mm-hmm. These fires also happen naturally. Okay, they could be set, uh, it, it, they could be exacerbated, but 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 we don't take care of the land in the way that we should. And so when it when the dry season comes, these fires can just spread like like this. So I don't know about all if it's all a conspiracy theory. I, I I don't know about all of that. But the fact of the matter is, when these things happen, they take advantage of them, whether mm-hmm. they're. And, and a lot of times, yes, people then do set fires. They, they do that as well. But the government yeah. or whoever's in power takes advantage of this. And yes, they start buying up, up the land. That's one of the big things. As I mentioned about California, they will, they start buying up the land. They start, you know, people cannot afford to rebuild. And so they offer them money and they take over and, and they're going to re, yeah, rebuild probably. You know, the, these smart, smart cities, whatever. Build it back yeah. better. Uh, build it listen, back better. I wish- I wish we had more time to talk about this one, but we don't. In fact, the music's playing and we're out of time here, Karen. But uh, massive, 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 massive thanks and big love to you <laughs> for uh, doing the business as usual, stepping up to the plate, knocking it out of the park. That's the one and only Karen Hunt. Follower on X at Karen Alain, A-L-A-I-N-E Hunt. And most importantly, subscribe to her, a follower on Substack, K-H-Mezek, M-E-Z-E-K dot Substack.com. Big TNT salute to you, Karen. Hope you sleep well tonight. And uh, you and I will stay in touch. Thank you, people, for listening. I'll be back tomorrow at 10 o'clock, as usual, here on TNT Radio, over and out.